I thought this was interesting about, about the kids, because of course that's one answer to the question I'm just about to ask you all, uh, of, of how to make people feel, feel safe to participate. Uh, and just getting, starting them young, I suppose, would be one answer. Uh, Kids who have gone through a project like this will be much more fearless in a professional environment yeah. as well, I suppose. But fear is, is the topic of my first question, because I think in a lot of organizations, in any organization, uh, having an idea or presenting a question comes at a social cost. And I just listed very rapidly some things. It could be shame around a skill I can't draw. It can be jantelo, as we have here in Sweden, which means you're not supposed to pretend that you're better than anyone else ever. Uh, fear of failure or just a culture around failure. It could be a fear of creating work for your, extra work for your colleagues, or extra work for yourself even. Uh, and I guess imposter syndrome. Like, there are just so many reasons why it's scary to say, hey, how do we address that? We can sort of break the boundaries and um, uh, start with an icebreaker, like when you have a workshop um, you can start by having, um, oh, what's an example of that? Um, yeah, I had a workshop, uh, we were trying to find new ideas to uh, a Volvo Ocean race car. And I started off with, you know, people in suits and I said, first I pushed them in, in one end of the room. <laughs> so that they can experience the life the, the people on the boat live, like really tight. And then I had them take off their shoes <laughs> and uh, throw it in, in the corner of the office. Uh, so that's really sort of like uh, strip it down and you know we're all equal. And then instead of having this sort of um, introduction round, like I'm the expert of this and this, and I'm the expert of that, you really get scared to say, you know, your crazy ideas. So I had them, um, you know, first word that comes into your mind when, when you think about sailing, because these were all like sailing enthusiasts, uh, well, people, um, so like wet or, uh, so that, that was their name. And we huh. didn't really do an introduction <laughs> round. So they were like wet and, uh, you know, Cold, yeah. Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're all equal, so then you can sort of don't be scared. That is kind of genius. Well, how would you guys break the fear? Yeah, I mean, I think the notion of making an even platform is really important and fun, like you did there. But I think in addition to that, it's just the idea of building tools. So building things that facilitate um, that interaction, the end results that you sort of want to, want to bring in. Yeah. I think the tools are really important. I mean, a lot of companies, they, you know when people talk about their culture? They're like, yeah, the culture. <laughs> they make it sound like it's a vibe, like it's a mythical creature that comes down to bless the company with, with innovation. But actually, vibe, um, a, a culture of an organization is what we celebrate and what we reward. And so what you want to do is to, just to create a culture that, ce that celebrates that behavior. And, and when people start to, it takes, it takes a while. And most of the time, most people don't believe it. But after a while, they can see that the reinforcement of, of, of that behavior. There, there are always a couple of brave people that take the first steps, early adopters. Mm -hmm. And the more those people are celebrated, the more people want to step into the same. Yeah. So that's, that's what I do when I work with leaders, just encourage them to celebrate bad behavior, basically. 
That makes me think that also about the, maybe we can also start in innovation in very small, like in something that people are already invested in, like in Sweden, for instance, that would be the coffee machine. Like, is there, <laughs> can we innovate? Is there any kind of improvement that would make the coffee situation better? I promise you, everybody in the organization will be on. <laughs> okay, uh, do, do everyone in your organizations feel that they are allowed to innovate? Yes. <laughs> There's only three people in my organization. <laughs> okay, that should make it easier. Is the answer yes? Yes, that's definitely yes. <laughs> I pressured you into yes. Uh, my organization is not much bigger. Um, there's a few, a, few, a few more of us, but I think for us, what we're really looking at is uh, we're at a space of time of looking at us internally and really making sure that what we are talking about is done internally. And that, that notion of open sourcing how to set up a printing press that happens next month we, in reality, we probably should have done that three years ago or five years ago. So now we're, we're making sure that what we preach or what we talk about is, is taking place inside. Yeah. Uh, Mikkel Rosenberg would like to know, how do we handle that even small bets, like you were talking about uh, tonight earlier, that, that, that it's a good practice to, to, allow, to invest in, in very small increments into innovation processes? But even small bets today can be quite expensive, for in, instance, if you're talking about things like AI or, or machine learning. How do we handle that? Yeah, so that's true. So if, if you're investing in expensive technology, if you're trying to build expensive technologies, that's probably even more true in your context, right? That's like really true. I mean, the, there's no arguments against that. Um, I often have a conversation with people that work in those environments, which is, what would you need to know before you made the decision to make the bigger investment in building stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, what, 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 what would you want to know to give you the confidence that right now let's go build something really expensive? And, it's, and if we start to identify those things, we want to know customer need, value proposition, channels, business models, blah, 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 blah. All of that stuff you can do for cheap. And so if you start with those, you start to get some answers that allow you to then, by the time you go, let's make the million-dollar bet, you're much more confident in terms of, like, the money you're spending. And so, but if we always, because a lot of, a lot of people are driven by the product first, if you start there, you, you find yourself making expensive bets. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so really, yeah, breaking it down into even smaller steps and finding out what the real... There, there's always a smaller bet yeah. somehow. And even you can ask yourself if you want to sort of try a new technology, you can start in small bets there as well. Just take small steps and uh, uh, make an experiment and, and try, you know, maybe this technology could work here or, you know, see kind of asking that type of questions, but what would be the least or the cheapest way to prove that this is something we should invest in? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely, I mean, the, so, so can I just d dispel one myth? The goal is that, the goal is not that you never ever make a big bet. The goal is, what do you need to accumulate as data to get you to the point that you feel comfortable to make a bigger bet? Right? Mm. That's the, really the, the mm. practice. So when you're involving your users or your communities, then it's even more power structures getting really uncomfortable around innovation. Because the moment you say, oh, we want to involve the citizens, or we want to, there's a lot of people whose job it is to, to deal with the fallout, who will be like, oh, sounds like a lot of extra work. Yeah. Is how, I don't know, do you have any advice on how to sort of visualize the benefits? It's again this problem of the, the it's, this is an accounting problem, but it's very difficult to understand how things will be better before we know that they can be better. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess in our role with, with clients in that sense is largely risk management. 
largely? Uh, risk management. Mm -hmm. So we are there to lower the risk and you know, so that they can hedge their bets. Um, but a lot, of the, a lot of the times we design and develop with the clients first, and we define certain outcomes. And then, with, like, similar with the bus, we had quite a strong idea of how we were going to do it. And then once the, the clients are able to sign that off, we then go backwards. We go back maybe two months in the design development, and then we look at it and we think, what do the children need to know? What do the public need to know to make an informed decision? How can we make sure that they're autonomous? And what value can we add to them? And then we develop from there. So in the case of the boat, as an example, I think there is a lot of opportunities missed of what could have been. Boat face. I have to say, for the record, I think it's a genius name for a boat. And also, actually, uh, Ali Lindo would like you to know that we have a trainee McTrain face here in Sweden <laughs> <laughs> as a direct homage. But, 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 I mean, you're right, yeah, because it was a kind of a ridiculous competition. It has no impact. So, of course, people are not going to take it seriously. It's not yeah. a serious trade-off. Yeah. yeah. What about, what about you, Charlotte? How do you feel that... Because uh, in a way you were addressing this, you were saying that people, people who don't need ideas are not going to want your innovation. I think How do you find the, the, the need where you can connect to the participatory process? Well, um, you can't go asking for ideas and, and, like I said, asking for the future car, because you will get, you know, a lot of ideas, and it probably engage a lot of people, but to handle those ideas after is a pain. So you have to be more specific when you ask the question. I would recommend to even, um, you know, like I said, put in some time before you actually have this event or asking for ideas. Uh, the question itself has to be uh, really specific. And you should even test it on a few coworkers before you use it to ask for ideas to everyone, mm. because you want to sort of yeah test it to see if it, the idea that are you know popping up in your head is the ones that you were asking for. It's sort of yeah the right direction. So framing the question is very key. So and again, maybe we're again thinking about it in the wrong terms. So if we think about it more as a design process, not just like randomly shooting into the future, but saying here is a need, let's think around that need, then already we have a direction. And it also is easier to explain why this is important. Yeah. All right, you are nodding. I will take that uh, as a sign Hell that it's yeah. a good time to round <laughs> Please give a big hand to Tendai Vicky, Kenji Curtin, and Charlotte Thank you. Thank you.